I think a lot of times humility in terms of the definition is almost like a lack of confidence. Humility is not lack of confidence. Humility is holding to the truth. And receiving truths is just as important as being able to speak them. Welcome, welcome, welcome to In Pursuit of Passion, produced by Empart Media and hosted by myself, Hamish Hallett. In today's episode, I was joined by the one and only Vaughan Granger. In this episode, we spoke about how to recognize your gifts, the importance of having people around you, and not settling for mediocre. So sit back, relax, and let's pursue this passion. Hello, Vaughan Granger. Thank you so much for coming on to In Pursuit of Passion. How are you doing today? I am excellent. Thanks for having me. It's such an honor. Uh, I love the opportunity to, to speak with anyone, especially you. So this is great. No, thank you so much for you know coming on and yeah, reaching out to come on to In Pursuit of Passion. Now, Vaughn, you've got a, a really interesting sort of passion and a very interesting story that I cannot wait to sort of dive into. And you've got a real passion for entrepreneurship. And you know, let's you know take it back to the beginning. Like, how does your interest in entrepreneur entrepreneurship start? Uh, I'm a second generation clothing. So my family is in the clothing business. So I just grew up. I grew up on a horse farm and valued hard work and work ethic. I was an athlete. I went off to to college, uh, thought I wanted to be a doctor or an attorney. And I was on an academic scholarship. And I had I figured out that I was really good at spending money. So I had to get a job really, really quick because <laughs> I blew through <laughs> what little money I had. And anyway, I just have always had a passion for for business. And it's like a giant puzzle for me. And then I really, whether I'm doing well or doing not well, I like the accountability aspect of looking at myself in the mirror and saying, Hey, you're doing a great job or, or come on, let's get it together. Let's go. So entrepreneurism is just really, it hits all of that. And then I just, so I just kind of stumbled way into it, but man, I love it. I, I, I couldn't think of any anything else to do, quite frankly. Why do you love it so much? Um, the idea, so there's a, a very good friend of mine passed away in a rock climbing accident, but he gave me a book one time called In Business on Purpose. And it really stuck with me because as an entrepreneur, you're always playing for something bigger than you. Um, if you, If you build a company, you're building something that's far greater than you could ever do by yourself. And there's nothing more rewarding to me personally than seeing, for example, I have a, a teammate and I have literally seen her go from being single to, to getting married, to buying a home with her husband and now building a family with kids and everything. And it's just, She's literally pursuing her dreams and her passion through the platform of, of one of my businesses. And I just, I can't think of many other things other than being a parent that are that rewarding in life. And, you know, on a day-to-day basis, I, I just get to do that and build something that other people get to make even greater than I could on my own. So I just, I think that's really, I mean, that's it, right? So being successful in your terms and providing the opportunity for mm for people to go chase their dreams and using a platform that I, that I made available along with the, the efforts of, of my teammates, that's what gets me going every day. 
And is that what kind of like appeals to you to about being your own boss? Like the fact that you can provide what you just said to, you know, a mother or the fact that you've also mentioned like the accountability for yourself. Is that what those kind of things appeals to you about being your own boss, would you say? Yeah, I mean, the, the truth of the matter is that is what drives me. That's not why I initially, I initially got into business because I wanted to make money. I mean, it, you know, like I started off at, look, I, I just want to make, I like nice cars and, and a nice mm-hmm. lifestyle and things like that. So I got into it for, you know, kind of the flashy things, if you will. But then as I went down that path and that journey, it, you know, different things, it started to take on a different meaning and I've built a family. So, I mean, for me now, you know, building a company and businesses that allow me to to spend time the way that I want to spend my time. Um, so for me, that's a big freedom mm-hmm. piece and also the purpose piece. Um, that's really, I, I think that's what, for me at least, that's what being an entrepreneur is all about. And let's like touch on like upbringing then, because I know you said you're second generation uh, part of the clothing business. I'm guessing your upbringing kind of shaped your passion both in positive ways, but also maybe even negative ways, would you say? I have a a belief that life is always happening for us, not to us, right? So I think everything, even the challenges in life are are there for our benefit. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I could only answer that as a positive, uh, like it's only been a positive thing. Now through that, you know, I have experienced, uh, as has anyone else, I'm no different. I've experienced certain negative things or things that were uncomfortable or that I didn't like. You know, I've, I mean, in 2008, I, I personally had shingles because I was one paycheck away from not being able to cover the mortgage on the new house when I, that I bought when I became a partner <laughs> in my family's business. Um, and that's, I mean, that sucks. That's painful, but I learned a lot about finances and, and leveraging and not over leveraging yourself and things of that through that process. But, you know, I, I have very fond memories of my parents and their company and, you know, conversations around business at the, at the dinner table. And, and I still work with my father and my mother uh, to this day. They're still involved in, in one of the businesses that I own with them. And I mean, the, the conversations at the dinner table are a little different from time yeah. to time, but the, <laughs> the, the dynamic part, or aspect of our relationship, I, I wouldn't change it for anything. As your kind of parents, then I'm guessing been a quite a big influence on you in terms of your passion. Yeah, well, it's actually kind of funny. They, 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 we're in retail, uh, traditionally oh, yeah. speaking, and they were like, "Please go do something else." Really? Um, <laughs> you know, so they were like, wow. "Please go do something that's easier." You're a smart, smart young man. Like, go do something where you can make more money and not work in a traditional retail setting. Um, and I said, well, I appreciate that, but I'll do what I want to do. Um, I've never <laughs> been very good you. at following the rules. I uh, appreciate I know where you're coming from. Yeah. I know it's, it's goodwill, but at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I want to do. So that's so interesting. Cause, um, well, funny enough, my mom and my dad are both in the fashion business too. And <laughs> they, they never said to me like, Oh, stay away from it and go somewhere else. They never said that, but I'm kind of similar, like quite the opposite of you kind of saying like, I didn't want to be like that because I want to do what I want to do, which is become a journalist. Whereas with you, what's just so interesting is like, it's kind of like it's flipped on its head. Like you actually ignored your parents' advice, but like, actually, no, I'm actually going to do what you've done, but maybe even better. That's kind of what it it seems it's from what you've been saying. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, I mean, to me, that's one of the things, I mean, you have to have that drive 
to be an entrepreneur, you have to want to, like, you have to want it. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have two choices, maybe three. Uh, when it comes to that drive, if you know what you want, you can choose to ignore it and turn your back on that drive and, and conform to what everybody else tells you you should be doing. Um, or you can, the second option, which is probably the, the worst form of suffering, in my opinion, is you can take that drive and you can try to and, and just not act on it and let it just eat away inter- internally through emotion and, and just angst. And not really take any action where you can just say, you know, screw it. I don't really care what happens. I'm going to go chase my, my dream and just go with reckless abandonment and just commit fully. I mean, it's kind of like watching a child walk, right? Like, I mean, you think about it. How many, how many people say, oh, no, you shouldn't try to walk, kid. You're going to fall. Mm-hmm. No, we sit there and we support them. And it's like, they're going to they're gonna fall, they're gonna hit the head, they're gonna do all these things. But you're like, no, dude, just go walk. Like you got this, buddy. And and <laughs> I think, you know, like business is very much the same way. I mean, if you I don't I don't know a single entrepreneur that does not view their business or businesses as a as a baby of sorts. So do you think um everyone has what it takes to become an entrepreneur? Because sometimes, even though like as I've said before, like my mum and my dad are both sort of entrepreneurs themselves. I think it does take a lot out of you being an entrepreneur and you have to have certain values and certain skills like work ethic, as you've mentioned at the beginning of this conversation. So I want to ask you, like, do you believe that everyone has what it takes to become an entrepreneur? And if so, what steps should people do in order to pursue this path? Um, I do not think that everyone should be an entrepreneur. Um, I think that is something that is glorified a lot too much. Um, I mean, quite frankly, I think you, you alluded to it. it. There is a certain makeup and tolerance for risk and, and different things. But I mean, just the financial risk alone would paralyze a lot of people. Like it's not the best use of their talents. Um, so I don't think everyone should be an entrepreneur. And I think on the back end of that question, I do believe that everyone deserves to be successful and has the right and the ability to be, pers- to be successful. Now, that may mean matching up your skill set with an entrepreneur. I mean, I, that's a wonderful thing about, about the companies that I'm involved with is I have a team around me that don't have the same gifts that I do but have other gifts that like completely <laughs> thank God they do or otherwise we would be out of business. So, I yeah. mean, you know, and, and that's really, it's finding, and I think that's one of the cool things I call it being an architect, but if you are an entrepreneur, it's surrounding yourself with people that don't want to be you, but want to, to be around you and want to support you and believe in your vision. And, and it's just that balance. It's it's a lot like a, I mean, it's just like a relationship. I mean, it's finding someone that's the the good half of you. Um, so no, but I think it's, I think media especially is like, everybody should be an entrepreneur. Everybody should have a side hustle. Everybody should do this. It's like, no, don't do that. Like that's, I've seen people that try to do that and they have no business doing it. Like some people just 
are beautiful being the artist, right? Um, and and for me, I, I'm just good at being an entrepreneur. I, I look at risk differently than other people, but I'm wired for it. But if you ask me to sit there and do a, a redundant task over and over again, good luck, right? I'm going yeah. to gonna bounce <laughs> off the wall. Yeah. But at the same time, I recognize patterns that other people don't. So I, I think it's just recognizing your true gift and being true to yourself. How, oh, that's a really good thing that you just said. I want to, I want to dive this in. I want to dive into recognizing your gift. Yeah. How do we recognize our gifts? I tell you the easiest way to do it is to ask people that know you well. Um, and what I mean by that is a lot of times we will, if you have a gift, it's natural for you. It's easy. And so you think that everybody else is, it's just a normal thing. Um, and if you start asking, I mean, one of the most interesting exercises I involved, I was involved in a coaching group and they, they wanted us to, to send a message to is either 15 or 20 people that knew us well from business, personal. And it, it basically just said, Hey, I'm doing this exercise. What is my gift? And what I got back was crazy. And it was so, I mean, I didn't tell, like, it wasn't a blanket email and everybody reply all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, yeah, I said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead, it was a message. And what I got back was the, I got a lot of the same answers over and over again, mm. completely independent of one another. And that was, I was like, holy crap, this really is a gift. And, and being comfortable in that and going, okay, cool. This is like my superpower. So I think it really takes someone else sharing it with you because it, it, you may not identify with what your gift is necessarily um, because it's easy for you. There's definitely like a level of humbleness that you sort of have brought from that answer because it's like a lot of people wouldn't want to take that step of just asking your circle, asking your friends, what is my gift? Because maybe mm -hmm. they're too scared to do it. I'm mm -hmm. guessing it's quite a difficult thing. Maybe you've struggled maybe, or maybe, maybe you find it quite easy just to ask someone, okay, what is my gift? Or what have I done wrong? Or what, what, what can I do better? So oddly enough, uh, one of my gifts, uh, according to others, is the ability to create authentic relationships. And mm. so for me personally, it's real easy for me because I don't, I'm, I'm a, I love to, I, like I have a great time no matter what I'm doing. But the truth of the matter is, I probably think less of myself than others think of me at times. And so for me to ask that is easy because I'm like, I got nothing to lose. Like there's not a whole lot of ego and like yeah. self-preservation in this thing. <laughs> I just was told to do it so that I could serve people better. And I was like, and that's a real passion of mine. And so it was easy, but like, you know, it's so insightful. And, and I think also the cool part about it, and this is something that, you know, I would encourage people to do is when you see other people who have a real gift, tell them that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's a, there's, there's, there's a two way responsibility to giving and receiving gifts. Most people always talk about giving gifts, you know, giving compliments, giving, um, recognition for, for whatever there's the receiving end of that as well. Right. So humility really is about truth. I think a lot of times humility in terms of the definition is almost like a lack of confidence and the lack of like humility is not lack of confidence. Humility is holding to the truth and receiving truths is just as important as being able to speak them. And, and I think that in and of itself is a skill 
that I was not very comfortable with. You know, I grew up in in southeastern United States, and I was taught to be humble, which basically meant I, I'm going to. I'm almost going to be like, no, I'm not really that good about X, Y, and Z. And in fact, that's not, that's not how I'll best serve the people that trust me to, to lead them. So it's been really neat uh, mm. to, to kind of learn about humility and what that really looks like. And, it, and putting yourself out there and just taking feedback from people, good or bad, is, is part of that journey. Completely. I mean, that is, I resonate with that so much. I'm going to like, because often we do posts where like we write five things that you learn from each guest. And that is one thing I've learned today is like, you know, going towards other people and receiving feedback. That's like, I've never thought about that because often we've had a entrepreneur called Ginger King and she does a sort of a um, accountability group. And that's how, that's her kind of way of doing it. And with you, it's like having, asking for feedback and asking what's our gifts is that's so cool honestly that's so so interesting is that quite a similar thing then like a similar pattern with an entrepreneurship where it's not just you're on your own but you actually go out and ask people their advice and stuff oh so i i think that's a great question absolutely i mean Mm. i in the last five years alone well just in the last i bet you i've spent at least a quarter of a million dollars in the last five years on surrounding myself in coaching and peer groups. And I seek them out where I'm like this, I call it the smallest. I'm running with a bunch of racehorses and I'm like the weak link, right? (laughs) So I go around people that I feel are bigger, stronger, faster than me. And I just put myself in their presence and I, and that has never not paid off. Um, And I think that, that peer group um, and accountability group and surrounding yourself in coaching environments where you have that type of connection. Mm. Oh my gosh. That's like, I call it bending time. I mean, that's the fastest way to, to amp up your game is it's kind of like real estate, right? Like I want to buy the house. I want to buy the least expensive house in the nicest neighborhood and that'll help me the most, right? I want to be the weakest link in those groups because now I've got to up my game and you accelerate faster. Um, it's, it's incredible. I do that with my coaching clients. You know, we've got a, I've got a private coaching uh, relationship with, with people, but then also we do a, a group coaching. And it's just really neat because you get different opinions and aspects. And what's nice is like, if you've ever been to a I'm a big Tony Robbins guy, right? Some people love oh, him, yeah. some people hate him. But if you go to a seminar or a boot camp or a weekend and you're around all this energy and people, and then you come back on Monday to the normal whatever, nine to five, it's like, damn, where did all, like, you're just going to revert back. It's almost like you're going to go back to that, that thermostat setting of, of what's comfortable. And it's like, no, get uncomfortable. Go, go press yourself. Like, it's, and that's definitely part of it. And I think being an entrepreneur is like, what kills you is not it, what kills you is what you don't know. So like you not knowing something is what's going to limit you the most. Completely. And I know you were touching on with your with your response on, you know, your, you know, your coaching as well. Cause that's mm-hmm. because away from entrepreneurship, you're not just an entrepreneur, but you're also a men's performance coach. And you yep. said this interesting quote, actually, which I really want to ask you what you meant by this or why this excites you. You know, you said that nothing excites me more than watching people pursue their own unique versions of success instead of setting for mediocre. Why does yep. that excite you? 
Oh man, that's a loaded one. All right, so sorry, <laughs> so many loaded no, this is, I, this is, I love it. <laughs> so here's the deal. I, I personally, I believe um, in God, and mm-hmm. and I believe that human beings were created in God's image. By that belief, you're literally you, me, everyone on this planet are many creators. We we were created as a duplicate of the big creator. That means we've got infinite ability. I mean, we're capable of doing anything and every if you see it if like we we had the same abilities and if you and if you really dive into that it's like holy crap. I I, I was not created to play small. Like that's not, I mean, you're using, I mean, the fact that you and I are even having this phone, uh, this interview, right? The fact that your DNA exact makeup, I think it's like a one in 400 trillion chance that your exact DNA comes together. Mine too. That in and of itself is a freaking miracle. The fact that you and I can have a video call, an interview on opposite ends of the freaking world and is magical. Like, how does that even happen? And to think, oh, I'm I'm supposed to be worrying about an hourly wage and making ends meet. How small does that mean that we're really playing? And like to see people that go, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go chase it and figure out where the end of the earth is. That's the stuff that's like, holy crap, you're impacting. You got your kids looking at you. You've got your friends looking at you. You have your coworkers. Like, I don't care who you are, where you are, what your status is, what your title is. People are watching you. Everybody's somebody, someone. And it's like, dude, that lights me on fire because you're talking about generational ripple effect of the impact that you can have. And like, dude, at that point, you have a moral obligation, in my opinion, to go pursue freaking greatness. And that doesn't mean that you need to, that we all define it the same way. I mean, Mother Teresa... Mm -hmm. uh, does it one way, whereas Steve Jobs did it another. You know, somebody asked Steve Jobs, why don't you give money away? He's like, are you kidding me? Do you know how many jobs and, and families and, and households that I provide for in one way or the other? Mm-hmm. I'm doing it. I'm like, dude, that's it versus Mother Teresa that does it in a completely different. Like, that's the, that's the sauce, man. Like, <laughs> we're all unique. And like, to see people chase it, holy crap. I love it. It just, it's, it creates an energy that is is infectious and that can overcome absolutely anything and if you've ever felt that aliveness it's it's the most addictive thing i've ever felt Ooh, why is it addictive man you don't need drugs you don't (laughs) need pills you don't need anything if you ever feel that and if you can maintain it and stay around that type of energy, those types of people, that kind of purpose. There is nothing in this world that can stand in your way that you cannot overcome. And especially when you get the buy-in of the people who, who want to follow you and believe you and want to see you win and succeed. It's incredible. And, you know, a lot of people talk about failure and this or that. And it's like, dude, here's the, the truth of the matter is like, one of two things is going to happen. If you have that kind of commitment and that, that much energy and power and horsepower behind it, one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to achieve it 
or you're going to die. Like one of the two. Like, and if you die, you don't really give a damn anymore. Like it's over. Like uh, forget about what you think beyond that. Like it doesn't matter at that point. So like, why not just go ahead and run? I mean, the fact that we're breathing air is pretty damn cool today. And it's like, don't squander it. So I just, I mean, it's my passion. I I work in the business of like selling clothes for a living. And and I do think that personal branding and confidence in clothes, like there's a big piece of that, but all of it, everything that I do, whether it's coaching, being in business, whether it's dressing individual clients, all of it has to do with, hey, what, who are you? What are you about? Let's freaking get there and let's do it as fast as we can with as much impact as we can because we don't know how long we have mm-hmm. and, and, and we don't want to squander the gift. I'm clapping <laughs> my hands there because that is just, wow, God. Because there's times, right, where guests say something and I'm trying to be like, right, Hamish, don't be so taken back. I'm trying <laughs> my best to not be taken back because I so... I honestly resonate with your message so much because we do have that one life and what you said before it's like we it's like what one in a trillion chance of you being created one in a trillion chance of us having this conversation over the internet why are we settling for mediocre when we have this one chance one opportunity to live the life to the fullest ability to the fullest extent with our passions with what we love with our purpose right why are we settling for mediocre and that you just answered my question so perfectly. And now I understand why it excites you because we do have that <laughs> one life, right? I, it makes total, total sense. Because I was just interested. I was understanding like, why, why do you, you know, why do you feel that way? And I think you answered that question so perfectly. And you're also speaking well, about like, you. yeah, no, honestly, the, my pleasure. And you said about the puzzle as well, actually. Um, talk, talk a bit more about that. Cause I, I found that also quite fascinating too. <laughs> so I, I, I'm always, I don't like to take myself too seriously, right? And I love games. And to me, it's all just a puzzle. It's all a puzzle or a math equation. I haven't figured out which one it is, but it all goes together. And it's like everything's connected. And, you know, if if you've ever seen someone that looked financially successful, but their personal life is bollocks like it's not going to work like they're not happy it's not a complete package all of it had and and eventually that's going to impact their business or their finances like you have to it all goes in and out and and that sounds real ethereal and, and hard to 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 visualize but the truth of the matter is like there is a correlation between your purpose and your mission of helping people and how, like in my world, how well you sell clothes. Because if you have a conviction that this does actually impact people, the, you have a belief, I'm, ass, I'm assuming there's a reason why you put this much time and energy and, and money and passion into this podcast. It's because you have purpose behind it and you believe it. Therefore, even the stuff that you don't really like you'll tolerate and go through because there's, there's a fulfillment on the other end of that suffering. Mm. And that's think people, people see a lot. I mean, especially with social media, like you see like the glamor shot, right? It's like the highlight reel. It's like, dude, what they really, and you know, you don't see, it's kind of like an iceberg. You see like the tip, what you don't see is you don't see the fact that I had shingles in 2008. 
you don't see the fact that for the last three days, I think I, if there's 72 hours in three days, I think I've been awake for about 60 of them because I was either driving or running to go watch my kids play soccer or holding a big meeting or jumping on a, an interview. I, but I love it. It doesn't mean that I don't like the lack of sleep necessarily, but <laughs> I don't, it's okay because once I get this energy and somebody, I started interacting with somebody like you, it's like, dude, screw it. I, it's, we're good. Like, let's keep rocking, yeah. baby. And, <laughs> and, and that's the part that people don't see. And like, it's, you can learn so much. I mean, 90% of the solutions of everything that you need, any problem you're facing is right there in between your two eyeballs, your temples. And, and most of the things that I've ever seen in life that were really adding value, I would say this, maybe 10% of the time, maybe at tops, do my solutions our creative juices start flowing when things are going well, like moving towards pleasure. The truth of the matter is, is because I believe that life happens for us. Anytime I'm in a situation where I get real frustrated, as soon as I realize that I'm getting frustrated, annoyed, whatever, I stop and I look. Those are the building blocks for opportunity. And once I learned that, everything changed. I was like, Oh, there's no, like, it's not good or bad. It's all good. I'm just sitting here and now it's like playing a video game. It's like little, you know, you kind of learn how to do it and you're like, Oh, okay. Well, I fell off the cliff on that move. I'm going to do it differently this time. It's like, okay, cool. Let's try that. Well, I, I, whatever. And you just kind of keep learning. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. And and you create faster feedback loops. And then it's like, Oh, okay, cool. Well, now I kind of got like the code, if you will. It's like being in the matrix as weird as that probably sounds, it's just, it's <laughs> like, oh, and if you keep playing the game, you just keep getting better versus going, well, dang, I lost. No, man, you got unlimited credits on this thing. Like <laughs> until the, somebody pulls the whole plug and then it doesn't matter. Like I said, like you just, you just keep playing. Mm, keep playing. That is, gosh, has that been like a major, because I want to talk about lessons with you in terms of what you've learned in terms of your pursuit of passion. Has that been like a major lesson you've learned the most? Yeah, I mean, it's just constant. I will not surround myself with people that won't learn. Like if I, when I start talking to people that know it all, I'm out. Because, I mean, because nobody knows it all, right? And yeah. there's always somebody bigger, stronger, faster. And, and this idea of, uh, I mean, you're either, I mean, it sounds it's very cliche, growing or dying. The idea of maintaining is a fallacy. Like good is like maintaining good. Somebody like things are changing, man. Relationships, like if you've ever, you know, you've been in a relationship with somebody special, that's not a static place. It's dynamic. It's on an ebb, flow, move. People change. Their goals change. The marketplace changes. You've got to be ready to pay attention. If And if you think that you got it figured out and it's going to stay at a certain trajectory, you're not going to get a rude awakening at some point. And so it's just like, don't ever think too high of yourself because it will come crashing down on you. But if you're always playing and riding the wave, man, it's, um, it's magical. Yeah. Have you ever had like a big, a rude of awakening at all during your pursuit of passion? Oh, yes. I, love, I mean, yeah. I just, yeah, I mean, no questions, but it, I, we'll see what happened in the last week. No. Um, <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. I've had, I mean, the truth of the matter is for, depending on where you are when you're hearing this, but like I got married in 2005, I was mm-hmm. 22 years old to my high school sweetheart. We went two different places. Fast forward to 2008, we have our first child. The recession hits in the U.S. I literally, like I said, I had shingles. I was one paycheck away from being like legitimately dead ass broke and having my not being able to pay the mortgage. Um, fast forward, overcome that. The next big one, 2013. I mean, my wife and I are having a critical conversation about having a third child or not having a third child. And and I said something. And as soon as I said it, I was like, I'm an idiot. Let me go to work on myself. And through that journey, I, I really found a lot about myself and what I was capable of doing when I really focused. Um, 2015, I got approached by a guy to do a big deal, like a franchise deal. And then it fell apart at the last minute. And I walked around for a year depressed going, whoa, what happened to me? And then I was like, wait a minute, you can figure out how to do this. And I mean, up as recently, quite frankly, to, um, to, let's see. I mean, I opened up a new location of a store. I thought I had some financing in place that ended up falling out at the end. And I kind of had one of those, oh crap moments. And I had to figure out how to get resourceful. And, and I did, I mean, it's every, it happens all the time. Um, and I think it's a, the number one trait I've seen by watching those that are very successful consistently over time is there's a, um, how do I say it? There is a, they're always students of the game. But also they're they're always they're always looking how to improve the smallest little shifts in mindset. And that's the biggest like one thing is it most of this takes place in your head. And and it's not it is accessible by anyone. And that's the thing that I think that most people are like, oh, but you're a great public speaker. Dude, the worst grade I made in school was public speaking. I literally, <laughs> the worst grade. And up to two years ago, I had to make myself get on Facebook Live for 30 days in a row. Or no, I'm sorry, 60 days in a row because I was so nervous to speak to a camera that I would like get the shaky voice. And now I'm like, dude, I love it. Like, where's a, give me an audience. Give me a camera. Like, I'm. let's yeah. go. But like, <laughs> It took, it was really, really bad the yeah. first couple of times for the first year and a half. I'm like, dude, I don't like doing this. This is awful. I'm going to throw up. But no, I mean, it's just like, don't take yourself too seriously. Keep moving and, and just know that everybody, there's always somebody below you, quote unquote, and above you in terms of their ability. So you don't have to be perfect. Perfect such a crap standard. Oh. Preach that. Preach it. Preach it. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Perfect. Such a stupid standard, especially like and what, what you just said there in terms of like mistakes and, you know, challenges that you've gone through. It, it shows a real sign of a proper like entrepreneur or as you said, uh, uh, you know, a creator in that sense of like, you know, picking yourself up again and facing those challenges face on and not shying away from it. Because I feel like you know, for, for, you know, again, mentioning my mum as well, like she's gone through so much challenge and so much adversity, but she hasn't shined away from it. 
she has gone straight away head on and dealt dealt with it. And she spread those messages, and including my dad as well, those messages to me too. And I think that is such an important message because I feel like oftentimes I look around me as well, and like I'm not saying this as a criticism for people, but oftentimes people look at challenges and shy away from it and be like, no, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't want to pursue this. It's too hard. I, I, they give up. But sometimes in life, you've got to accept that challenge and you've got to think, right, how am I, how am I going to respond to it? Because every single day you're going to face a challenge. And it's about choosing how you're going to react to it. And I think, and I feel like you're all like a perfect example of that. No, and I think that's something, I mean, I, and again, if you're a leader, which everyone's a leader, right? So we're all leaders. We may be a good leader. We may be a bad leader, but you need to recognize the fact that you're, you're a leader. Somebody watches mm. and follows you. And I think that like being a leader is, you know, when people are trying things and they're making mistakes, be careful how you ridicule them, right? So, mm. I mean, I get to see it with kids all the time. Like, they make a mistake and it's like, wait a minute, that's part of the learning process. I don't need to be too hard yeah. on them. I don't, and also I need to be careful not to, my idea of success may not be theirs, right? So that's one of the things yeah. I also, you have to pay attention to it. And I, and I can't tell you, I mean, it's been one of, one of the most rewarding things of being an entrepreneur is I've had people that I've had to let go because I knew their heart wasn't in it. I knew that it was not how they were going to be successful in their terms. And I would just have a very loving conversation with them say, hey, look, you're selling yourself short. And I have an obligation to be honest with you. And this mm. is not the best fit for you. Not because you're not doing a good job. I let one of my top producers go one time and I'm actually invited to her wedding in, in a couple of weeks because <laughs> I was like, look, you can be greater than this. Like, this is not your passion. Go find something. Like, I know what you're passionate about, but you're too oh, safe right. and secure here. Get yeah. out of here. Go make yourself uncomfortable. And she has more. I have a lot of former employees that are no longer with me not because they didn't do a great job, but because I was like, look, go pursue your version of success. I'm just a stepping stone. I'm a stair. Yeah. And that's like, that's rewarding in and of itself because, you know, sometimes they come back and serve. Like, I, I mean, I've got a couple that I actually pay as consultants to do different things for me that they're excellent at. And I get and like, they're just living in that sweet spot and chasing it. And I, it's like, dude, that's awesome. Like, that's rewarding. And then to watch kids chase their version of success. And it's like, I'm there to be supportive and, and an educator and a coach. And, you know, a great coach doesn't have all the answers. A great coach just has a different perspective and that can ask questions that you may not be asking. And it's like, that's my job as a coach is not to have all the freaking answers. Like, again. A lot of times, the, the, the student, if you will, has all the answers. They just, they don't know how to articulate it because they're in the weeds. Oh, mm. that is so true. I mean, especially the idea of like, you know, knowing, I think what you just said as well, it's like knowing when, because this is the thing, I've now, I've now got, I've now got to change more what I've just said now a little bit, because oftentimes, don't get me wrong, it's about, it's, of course, there's, you've got, you're going to face a challenge. And of course, sometimes, some challenges get too much. Right. And I think it is it's deciding when when do you quit a situation or when do you stay on? And for me, my question to you then is like, how do you differ between a situation that you're continuing versus a situation that you're gonna leave and just leave behind? Man, that's an excellent question. And that's probably something I haven't spoken to enough. Sometimes 
It's a good question. Um, I've already put you on a spot, haven't I? <laughs> get, get real clear on your why. Like a lot of times, and, and I find myself doing this, I'll be chasing, 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 chasing. And I'll be like, what the hell am I doing this for? And a lot of times, there's no purpose behind it. Um, and you're like, oh. And quite frankly, I mean, it's even like some things that may have served you a year ago don't serve you anymore. Like there's no reason to do the same things. I mean, a lot. So I think that's a great question. Like whenever you feel that frustration, or that stalling out or the obstacle, like step back for a second and just kind of greet the obstacle. Be like, Hey, nice to see you. So, you know, like cheers. Um, and then just ask yourself, like, what lies on the, like, why am I doing this? And what lies on the other side? Sometimes you don't have to engage. I do jujitsu. Uh, in fact, you can't see it. I don't think, but I've got a black eye. I went through four years of college and bars, never had a black eye. I've had more black eyes in jujitsu and showing up as a professional. I'm like, I look like a derelict, but um, I'm sitting there and like my, my instructor, my coach was telling me one time, I was like, Vaughn, you realize it's easier to move yourself than other people. Kind of thought about that for a second. And I think a lot of times obstacles in life, yeah, you can bulldoze through them and I'm a big dude and I'm strong and I'm like, rah. I'm going to pull through, but a lot of times it's easier just to sidestep them, right? Like maybe you don't have to engage in it. And I think there's a lot to be said for that, but I think the reason you have to get clear on it. A lot of times we want to quit stuff because we're not good at it versus quitting it, quit messing with it because it doesn't serve us. There is a difference. And I think a lot of what a lot, it's really important because if you, if you just quit stuff because you're not good at it, that's quitting. Mm-hmm. Going around an obstacle or a challenge because it doesn't serve you is wise, right? And so that's, I think that's a big difference. I don't know if that answers your questions, but I think no, that's a, a really big, big, uh, big one. Massive. No, it's a big difference. Not 100%. Because I was reading a book, a guy called um, Stephen Bartlett. Uh, did a did a book I think I can't remember what it what the book is called now but he talked about this quitting framework which is why I brought it up in the conversation because you actually reminded me what you said in terms of your previous answer um and he just brought that up about you know some situations just don't serve you well don't serve your purpose as you said don't serve your mission don't serve your passion in particular and I, I just wanted to understand really, like, how how do you find that? And I think you really answered it so well. It's finding, being true to yourself, finding what your why is. And once you know what your why is, that's when you can decide, this is not for me, but this is for me. And I think, especially the difference between quitting and being wise, I mean, that is 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think something else, too, that I see a lot is, like, people are like, you know, think that everybody knows who they're going to be 15 years from now, 20 years from now. Mm. And like, screw that. Like, I'm a lot different than I was <laughs> five years ago. Like, I'm definitely changing. And I think true wisdom and discernment is like knowing what the next right step is, right? So like, if you know what your true north is in terms of the way it makes your your conscience, your inner like your heart feel or, and think like if you can follow that, that's going to be your guiding uh, voice, if you will, like what to do next. And 
if you look at a situation and you feel afraid and fearful, but you know that it's the right thing to do, and if you don't engage in it, you know you're going to have remorse, guilt, whatever on the back end of not on that decision, then you got to go through the you got to go through the storm. If, however, you're like, dude, I'm gonna walk away, I'm gonna walk away from this, and you feel lighter and you feel like your things are getting sunshiny and warm, blah, blah, blah. Like you're like, oh, okay, that's the right decision. And that's being wise. And through that, those those micro decisions, that could be a daily, weekly, monthly basis, through that evolution of decisions, that's when you had the big revolution. Like you come out of the other end of it and you're like, I don't, I don't know what I was before, but I know I'm something different now. And mm. and that's gonna, I mean, that's gonna continue to evolve over over your lifetime as you learn experiences and gain insights and, and find out more about you. And I think that's, that's really the joy of life. I mean, it's not a set destination and quite frankly, like goal, like, yes, setting goals, super important, setting targets. Absolutely. But like, you're only there for a minute like that. The journey is where you spend 99.9% of your time like learn to enjoy the freaking process. Like that's where you're going to be. It's not like, Oh, because it's, I mean, I live in my, so a funny story. Um, sorry for rambling, but you get me excited. No, ramble as much as you want, by the way, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living in what used to be my dream house. I delivered clothes mm-hmm. to a client. I walked into this guy's house. I called my wife as soon as I left and I said, babe, I just saw our dream house. Two years later, I own the dream house. Now I'm like, you know, I'd really like to have a setup like this and I'd like to change this. <laughs> and like, that's like a goal and a target. Like that stuff yeah. changes. And it's like, you know, I, I'll never forget when I bought my first nice watch. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is great. And then it's like, well, it's just a watch. It just, know, like, it's like, yeah. well, damn, it kind of lost his little, but, but you know, I mean, that's just part of it. And it's mm-hmm. not even like, you know, people are like, oh, I was so stupid back in the day. No, you were just who you were. Like, don't be, again, people are, t- Pete, we are too hard on ourselves more, more often than not. Mm-hmm. We talk to ourselves in a terrible way. We would not, like, we're so unsupportive of ourselves oftentimes. Like, if we were that kind of friend to ourselves, like, we'd be like, dude, I'm not hanging out with you. <laughs> yes. And it's like, dude, yes. you, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so true. And so, so it's true. just like, man, don't be critical. Enjoy it. And be appreciative of the moment and the relationships and where you are and be super appreciative of your past. Like, I don't care if you did, I don't care what your past looks like. Like that was exactly what you needed to get you to this exact moment. And that is all that matters. From this point forward, what you do with that is what matters. But you know, I think that that people bust their own chops all the time. You're like, dude, don't just take it easy, man. Yeah, like, could I have done things differently? Yeah, but I wouldn't have learned this lesson or this or what, or run into this person or met this person. It's like those all shape us to who we are, which is, I mean, if your voice is authentic and you're authentic, especially in business in the marketplace, like if you become very true to who you are, there is no you 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 quit playing the commodity game. Period. Like no one's exactly like you. No one's going to do it exactly the way you do it. And no one's going to have the same flair and, and whatever. Like that's attractive in the marketplace. Oh, so attractive. I mean, there's so many things 
that I can learn from you. It's like, you know, and also the audience, you know, know your why, take the first step, don't beat yourself up, be kind to yourself. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but the things that you've learned from me, you know, it's, wow. it's incredible, Thank man. And honestly, incredible. Al, to leave off this conversation, and I wish I could speak to you all day, but I can't, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, what does passion mean to you? Passion is what, uh, passion is the burning, feeling the, the push inside of you. It's kind of, uh, let's see if I can answer it tighter. Um, passion is what, what pushes you along, but it's almost like a, like it, there's something out there pulling you, but it's like attached deep inside of you and you cannot ignore it. It's the stuff that like keeps you up way, way late at night or early, early in the morning or that you daydream about that you cannot, you're fixated on it, obsessive about it, and you can't explain why. That to me, it can be, and that's inside of relationships, people, there are people that you're just like, I can't get enough. Like, I don't, like my wife is, I, I love it. Like my wife and my kids, like those are perfect. But like my wife, I can't keep my, I would, I just love her. I can't get, I can't stop loving her. It's stupid, but it, and not stupid. It's wonderful. But the point is that's passion. Like being successful and helping others is like something that drives me way beyond what should be humanly capable. And I think that's passion. Wonderful answer. Wonderful answer. Vaughan Granger, this has been a, such a pleasure having you on In Pursuit Passion. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of In Pursuit of Passion, produced by Empart Media and hosted by myself, Hamish Hallett. If you really enjoyed listening to Vaughan on this episode, you can find out all of his links down below in the episode bio. Until the next episode of In Pursuit of Passion, keep pursuing that passion and see you in the next one.